Welcome to the Wise Wealth Management Roundtable. We believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom. Are my co-hosts today, Jordan Sudi and Barbara Gardner. Hey, Barbara. Hi Jordan. there. Hi. So, Barbara, you are with the Cobb Community Foundation. Yes, I am. And we invited you to come in today to talk to us a little bit about donor advised funds. This is part of a series that we're doing with getting tax credits, or I should say state tax credits to help us on our tax returns, but also it's helping the community at the same time. Mm -hmm. A lot of times dollar for dollar, sometimes there's more benefit, but all of our money doesn't have to go just to the general fund of our state. Uh, We can actually direct some of that, which a lot of people think uh, it's not possible, but it it, it does have some possibilities. Let's back up a second. Let's, let's, I want to create a scenario for our listeners where You've had a big income year. Uh, it could be through a sale of business. It could have been just from uh, uh, work earnings, what have you. You have a big tax liability coming up, and it's not the end of the year yet, so you can make a difference on your tax return. You can plan, yeah. That's right. So you could go out and set up a 501c3 and create a board and do, you know do your tax filings. Try to get approval. Good luck with that. Uh, with the IRS. So you try to try to do all that and you realize that this is no small task. Mm-hmm. So this is where donor advised funds come in. Right. And if you were a client and you came to us, that's one of the first things we're going to say to you. Let's talk about a donor advised fund. It's a great tax savings tool for federal and state. And essentially it is you creating what I read online today, which was a great tagline for it, a marriage between a mutual fund and a private foundation. So it's not a 501c3. Um, it's not a mutual fund, but it's somewhere in the middle. So it is you putting cash in or even better appreciated stock into a fund that is directed by either a community foundation or a brokerage, you know, Fidelity Schwab, they do them as well. You are relinquishing cash, these appreciated stocks into this fund for an immediate deduction on your federal and state tax return. And then you get to direct those funds over however long you want, whether it's all in one year, 10 years. If you want to leave it for your kids to then direct once you're gone, you can do it that way. But it's an awesome way to lower your tax bill, especially in those high income years, for sure. So basically fill out a few pieces of paper, you open up this account Mm -hmm. and you can donate cash. Mm -hmm. That's good. A stock. Even better. Hard assets like houses. Uh, yes, no. I don't know. It can be done. It's it's a little more complicated, but we can do that as but well. But it is yes. possible mm-hmm. to do that. So, well, think about that. I mean, we, we've had a good 10 years in the stock market. So if you, in, not so much inheritance because that gets a step up in basis, but if you just own something mm-hmm. and it has a big gain and if you sold it, there'd be negative tax consequences. You could right. give that instead of giving your cash. Right. And you, you get the value of what it is today, not what you bought it for, not your basis. Correct. And it's an immediate tax deduction. No matter if you want to hold on to the giving of the funds for years to come, it is a current this year deduction. So you get the deduction this year, it goes into the fund. Uh, hopefully it grows mm-hmm. in value over time. Yes. And then you can give it to any IRS recognized charitable organization going forward. Now you don't get a deduction for that because you, you already got your deduction. Yes, yes, yeah. The deduction is in the first year and then you get to divvy it up how you like. So it can't go to Uncle Bob no, or Aunt Sally, no. but it could go to Children's Health Care of Atlanta mm-hmm. or uh, St. Jude right. or your church. Right, yeah. Right. It could go to Uncle Bob after you pass and have him direct the <laughs> cash or stuff. Yeah, it couldn't benefit him. But yeah. Couldn't benefit mm-hmm. him. Okay. That's right. So this can be done on many platforms. Um, we have some services that work with us at TD Ameritrade to do a donor advised fund. 
Uh, Charles Schwab has a pretty popular platform. So that's where I've invited you, Barbara, to come into this conversation for the Cobb Community Foundation. You're unique in that you're your own nonprofit. So you're helping organizations within our community, Mm -hmm. but um, you're also operating a donor advised fund. So that's, that makes you guys very unique. Why don't you tell us a little about about how you're set up and and some of the organizations you're helping just as a foundation. Okay. Well, Cobb Community Foundation is a grant making public charity. So we are our own 501c3 focused on improving the quality of life of those who live in and around Cobb County. We make it easy to pool resources, helping to address pressing needs in our community, while providing the tools that allow individuals, families, and companies to create charitable giving funds. So if I give money to the foundation, now this is outside of donor advice funds. So let's just talk about the foundation. If mm-hmm. I give money to the foundation, are there specific partners that you have that you're helping as a percentage of donations that come in? Or am I directing some of that through the, through your foundation? Or, you know, I I know that you're helping many organizations. So how do you choose which organizations that you guys want to support? Is that just a board decision or? It's not actually, that is a donor decision. And that's a great, great question. So we actually go to the check or we go to uh, Fidelity, if it's stocks that are directed towards us and say, what fund is this for? Because we hold over 150 funds. So it could be that the donation is for Cobb Community Foundation, because as you said, we're our own 501c3 nonprofit, or it could be for one of those 150 funds that we hold. It could be for the Cobb COVID fund. It could be for uh, Must Ministries. They have a couple funds with us. So it could be for a number of I mean, different When you say funds, that means that you have fundraised for them? That means these are folks, it might be a DAF, a donor advised fund. It might be a scholarship fund. It could be an endowed fund. It could be a field of interest funds. We have all of those different types of funds. So we do hold funds for agencies or nonprofits. So when they do fundraising at times, they direct those funds towards Cobb Community Foundation, the fund that we hold for them. Okay. And then for the donations that come to the foundation whether it be through a donor advised fund or just someone writing you a check directly, Mm -hmm. where do those funds end up? Okay. Another great question. And that depends. Um, We have, again, all these 150 funds. So Casey, if you had a family fund with us, you could give us a call or go to our online portal and say, I would like to direct, say a thousand dollars to Must Ministries. And we would take a thousand dollars out of your fund and we would mail a grant check to Must Ministries. So that's for the donor advice fund though. That's for a donor but what advice about, fund. What about Cobb Foundation? Where are those funds going? Uh, it depends on who who they're from. Like we okay. have a corporate community champions program um, and those are generous businesses in and around Cobb County who have decided to support us and our mission in the community. So um, they would direct a certain amount, say $5,000 towards us, and a portion of the $5,000 would come directly to Cobb Community Foundation for our operations and our mission. And then the remainder would go back out into grants, and this might be where you're getting at. Those are decided by our board and then a scholarship and grant committee. And they decide based on um, a number of factors, and, and part of that is our assessment study that we did in 2019, which identified red zones um, as South Cobb and also areas around the city of Marietta. So those are the specific areas that we have been targeting um, even before COVID. In, in what way? Are there uh, the, peop- the people there directly or is it organizations that are that are there? We are directing those funds to organizations that are supporting folks in those 
quote, red zones, yes. And then with COVID, because of course that was right on the heels of the study. So what we found through uh, partnerships with our nonprofits is that food was huge. There were a lot of other government programs that were helping in other areas, but there wasn't enough food. So a lot of the grants, probably about 50% of the grants went directly to nonprofits who were able to provide food. Then we were um, a great partner with Marietta City Schools, Cobb County Schools to provide things like laptops and hotspots for all those students who are home. Perhaps they're living in an extended stay and there is no internet and they don't have a a computer or, you know, an iPad. How are they supposed to keep up with their studies? So there were. So the foundation itself is looking around the county and and looking at your hot zones and figuring out what people need and how can we directly help them. Absolutely. uh, Well, through the other organizations. So that's the that's the mission of Cobb Foundation. And I think that's a mission of community foundations in general, and it's certainly the mission of Cobb Community Foundation. So we partner with all of these different nonprofits and we listen to them and what the needs are in the community. And then we go to our donors and we play matchmaker. You know, what is yeah. it, Casey, that you want to do with your fund? Oh, education is something that you want to to address or, you know, medical issues for children. Okay, so then when we hear those needs, we come back to you and say, oh, CHOA has a need. Don't you want to address that with your donor advised fund? Yeah, so you're kind of the broker mm-hmm. of, of charitable contributions. Yes. Where if I came to you and I said, look, my company wants to impact the community, mm-hmm. we have $100 million, we'd sit down with you and, and figure out where that money needs to go. Yes. But it would be a check written to the Cobb Community Foundation, and then we could go to CHOA or yes. MUST or whoever it needs to go to after that. And then the beautiful thing is, obviously, in that scenario, that's a generous, generous company. Um, it's a great thing if they can also get a little bit of exposure. You know, isn't it wonderful if folks who live in the community know that your company is being so generous? So then when we make those grants out of your fund, hopefully, we can tip our hat to you and say thank you to yeah. X organization. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So that's that's what sort of the mission of Cobb Community Foundation. So let's back it up a second and let's mm-hmm. think about a donor advised fund. Right. And, and this is where the, the uniqueness comes in. Where in a donor advised fund, you guys are actually administrating mm-hmm. that. We are. So, why don't you kind of walk us through that process? Okay. So, this happens every single day. We are opening so many donor advised funds. So, someone reaches out, you know, it's a convenient time for them, like you said, Jordan, or they've had a taxable event and they love the idea of having these funds there that are just there and ready, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't have to think about it. Right. Um, So they set up the fund, they get their immediate tax deduction, they get to choose how it's invested, and that could be in cash if they're going to be granting it all out immediately, or it could be conservative, or it could be aggressive, or it could be a mix of all of those. And then it, it, it sits until they're ready to make that grant. And the granting part is so, so easy. So we have an online portal, they can go online 24 seven, and they can choose from a list of nonprofits. And um, if they aren't someone who is adept at online activities, they can certainly give us a call or send us an email and we can make those grants on their behalf. Now, if they don't see a, uh, if they don't see a nonprofit that they want to use, let's say they're, they moved here, they they're want to support their community, but they're from Michigan and they mm-hmm. want to help a 501c3 that's in Michigan, which is probably not on your list. Can, is that, can that get added? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they would just submit, say, oh, we'd like for this fund to be, or this organization to be approved. Absolutely. Um, and that's a, a question we get all the time. So you're the Cobb Community Foundation, so I can't grant outside Cobb Community, right? And that is actually false. We can grant to any 501c3 nonprofit 
in the United States. So in your, your scenario, absolutely. We partner with GuideStar and we would just pull up and ensure that they are a 501c3. Mm-hmm. And then those funds would, would go out. Again, that's separate from the foundation itself. The, but you guys are benefiting from this as well. And, that, and that's through the admin fee. Yes. Correct. Yes. So our fees are one and a half percent, which are annualized and billed monthly. Um, those come directly out of the donor advised fund. There are many providers, as you well know, of a donor advised fund. And we have had some folks say, well, you know, I can go to Fidelity or Schwab and the, the fund fees might not be so much. So why should I go with you? And I think that's a great question. What I would say to that is the additional, you know, not even percentage there, that is helping us fund our mission to our community. So it's helping us uh, with programs like Cub Community Food Fleet. It's helping us, you know, hold the fund that's the COVID-19 fund that put over $400,000 back into nonprofits serving our community. So if you care about Cobb County and you care about your community. Yeah. I mean, part of it, obviously, any organization has administrative costs. So the 1.5% is going to cover the administrative costs, but yes. it's also go, going back into your general fund to support those organizations that we talked about, correct? Or is it all is it all considered admin? That actual piece is actually more administrative. That's more operational, which Which, yes. su- which su- allows you guys to keep supporting the other local... Exactly, because you can't support right. all of these different programs without staff. Okay, so. so I'm glad we clarified that. So then that means that if we found something half price at Fidelity, then that's just going to make Fidelity wealthy, where right. at least this case, we're keeping organization running mm-hmm. um, that is supporting the same reason we probably opened up the donor advised fund to begin with. Right. Okay, so that's good to know. And then, of course, you have your fund fees on top of that, which would be normal for anybody to have, uh, uh, but you should have access to local, well, it's just a brokerage account, right? Mm-hmm. You, and those you can are invest in anything you want to pretty fidelity. much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's, that's the part that's pretty much the same in a donor mm-hmm. advised fund. You, you pretty much have access to a brokerage account, whether it be at TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, Schwab, uh, and then you can invest in a low cost ETF portfolio. We build those for clients all the time. We're, we're probably unique in that we don't actually charge a management fee for um, donor advised funds uh, or minor accounts that are earmarked for education, partially because I think both are very important. And that's kind of like our company's opportunity to help and give back is is by taking what we do very easily because it's what we do for a living and allow them to uh, have a professional grade portfolio for the future. So not that I hang my shingle on that, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's something I'm very passionate about as a firm that I I don't ever want to profit from someone else's charity. I, I, I think that that's not... That's not the way to operate a company. Socialism on a small scale works out great. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not so much on a big scale. (laughs) One thing I do want to touch on, um, you know, we talked about the goal credit previously. And with that, I mean, it's a great, it's a great credit, but there, you are limited. And here you're not limited in a year and to how much money you put into a donor advised fund where the limits come in on your tax return is you're only allowed a deduction for cash up to 60% of your AGI in a given year and for appreciated stock up to 30%. But say you meet that and your contribution was greater than it gets to roll forward to future years. So you get to carry forward that charitable contribution. So you're not limited here if you're retired and your incomes come way down, but you're sitting on a pile of wealth you're not you don't have to play around with that um it's something that could actually spread across years you know a deduction that most people only get once so pretty Mm -hmm. pretty useful yeah Yeah, absolutely there's a gentleman that i know that did this for his uh kids Mm -hmm. and the idea was that at christmas time or thanksgiving 
they would pick organizations that they would give the profits to. That's awesome. So, you know, however much money is in there, they know that this year they can allocate 25000 and be up to them to find the organizations and to give that each year, which I think is uh, kind of the spirit of the season. But uh, in his case, he liquidated a business and no longer has to work. So it, yeah. it's an opportunity for him to to get out there and, and, and show the kids that we have to give back to the community because we're, we have privilege. Right. That was neat to see how, how he deployed that. Another family uh, kind of did the same thing. And then other times, honestly, it's like, oh my gosh, I owe this much money. I'm going to owe this much money next year. Well, what can I do? <laughs> and so we'll open up these accounts at the 12th hour, you know, trying to, trying to fund them, uh, which is a great question. What's the minimum it takes to open up a donor advised fund? Great question. Right now, the minimum is $5,000 and that, that will change uh, next year, 2022. We're moving to a ten thousand dollar minimum. Okay, ten thousand yes. is pretty normal. Five thousand mm-hmm. is is great. That's why you're getting so many accounts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we are um, really busy in December, as you yeah, probably yeah, can people guess. Start is realizing our busiest it. month. That's why yes. we're doing these podcasts so so early in the in the <laughs> mm-hmm. in the season because tax planning starts in September. Right. Right. Uh, but for a lot of people, we know them. It starts December 30th, mm-hmm. and we have to get it done by the 31st. Right. Yep. <laughs> We should know now this is a great opportunity and the money uh, comes off your federal return uh, and it also benefits your local charities as you see fit. Right. Not, and you could also just sit in there and build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something you could do as well. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready, you just let it sit there until you decide what you want to do with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's happened in the past is for me and at least the clients that we've worked with is I don't want to give $50,000 to them right now. I got to give them a thousand. Yeah. Maybe 10,000 over five years. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. This gives you the ability to do that. Right? Exactly. So you have, it gives you options. That's a great, great point because even nonprofits, of course, they're going to love to receive $50,000, but then they start expecting, you know, oh, well then am I going to get 50,000 next year? So it's actually much more, it's better for the nonprofit if they can get $10,000 over five years instead of 50,000 all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara, do you have any success stories that you can share with us? Oh my goodness. We have so many. Um, I was mentioning COVID, um, the Cobb community food fleet. And I don't know if you have seen any mention of that in Married a Daily Journal, but um, obviously COVID was, was just impactful for the, the entire county, the entire world, um, and food was such a need. So I don't know if you remember going back to the beginning of COVID and you're seeing all the milk poured down those huge drains or you're seeing the the crops tilled under and meat just literally being thrown away and all the while people are going hungry so um, usda came out with their farmers to families program and they had all of this food that they were willing to ship you know distribute Mm -hmm. to cobb county no location had a large enough refrigeration space for that food so sherry martin our ceo and president and fearless leader um, got on the horn and just built a great team of partnerships, Atlanta Braves, Cobb Galleria. So kind of depending on if baseball was happening or not, that's where the food was or wasn't. And um, that program, gosh, we partnered with S.A. White and Mobilized Fuel to fuel the trucks that were provided by Ryder and Gordon Foods. So there were wow. just, you know, these trucks out there running constantly either frozen food or refrigerated food that ended up equaling 1.9 million pounds of food in 2020 alone just to Cobb County and that went weekly to 48 different uh, locations so fed a whole lot of people 
And that's, again, because our ears to the ground, we're seeing, okay, food yeah. is a need. Here's this food. What can we do? Every year uh, with clients above a, a certain dollar amount here, we give these great gift baskets. And mm-hmm. I wrote a letter last year that said, there's people like literally who don't have food right now. Like I've never seen it like this before. Right. It, it, I mean, in my own little circle, you know, Meredith Country Club, we have more members now than we've ever had in the history of the club and more now there's a waiting list. And then at the same time, I'm looking through my uh, the board my board position at Wellstar. I look at this disparity report showing how many people are going hungry in my county, and I'm like, this is crazy. Like it's never been this bad before. And so I I I basically said we're not whatever whatever we were sending you has been redirected. It's been redirected to the Wellstar Food Bank, uh, and they had like a it was like a market, right? Um, which I thought was very successful. It's there's no shame in having to use it. It's set up like if you and I went to the farmer's market, it's just set up just like that. It's just had stations and people would come through uh, who are qualified would come through the station. And I figured that was a great way to have a holiday as opposed to yeah. the traditional gifts. But I don't say that to uh, uh, pat ourselves on the back, but I say it more of, and if you have a, if you're listening, you have a business, you know, we'd love to partner with you and, figure out how we solve this problem Um, because you know jobs are starting to solve it people are starting to go back to work but then yet we still kind of have this here where it wasn't here before covid right um and access just access to to healthy meals right you know another story that i i just love one of our fund holders um similar to what you just said she said my grandchildren already have so many toys so many electronic devices they don't need anything they don't want for anything so i would really like to make grants in their name to organizations that align with what they care about so that might be sports that might be animals so that's what she did and it was such a beautiful thing and obviously the the nonprofits really appreciated it and i think it really made an impact on on her grandchildren as well and it was so much fun for her that she ended up deciding you know what let's do that for my friends too right and it's another great way it's a Donor Advised Fund is a great teaching tool, and that's exactly yeah. what a lot of our fund holders use it for. Yeah, pass I, along. Yeah, to pass it's, along the importance of giving. Yeah, 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 that, yeah absolutely. And I was just thinking, we did. Um, I did a, a little uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, Wiser Investor or Wiser Wealth Management on on YouTube. You can look that up. Um, <laughs> Matthews and Brad do uh, do do a lot more uh, posting than I do there, but I did one on Greenlight, which is this card that you can give kids. And you, you know, they do an allowance and you can fund their spending account with $5 or $10. And it's an interesting tool. My daughter really bought into it really fast. My nine-year-old is, I don't know, he's still just trying to discover what money is exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my 16-year-old didn't want it because I had a goofy card. So I got him like a blank card, I think, to make it look more like a real card. It is a real card. I mean, you can buy stuff with it. He's <laughs> yeah. just weird. 16 year old kids. But anyway, what's interesting is there's a giving section to that. So as they earn they can select so much to give. And so if you had a family donor advised fund, they theoretically could just give right to there through that green light card, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty neat connection. Then they see it in the mass in the mass pot. And then they decide they can help decide where, where those funds go. That's it right. also causes your kids to learn about what's happening in their community. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, because there's so much going on that I think at least my family is just not even aware of right. unless you were out there and you saw the numbers and, and the statistics. Right. So, um, anything else to add, Jordan? I think we've hit it all. <laughs> I think we have as well. I think it's a no brainer. I mean, <laughs> donor advice, fun way to go. This year you can sign, set one up for $5,000, uh, going yeah. once, going <laughs> twice next year will be $10,000. Right. 
I, I will add, uh, Jordan, you and your firm, uh, Sudi CPA. Everyone always asks me how to spell it. So it's S-U-T-E-C-P-A.com. Yep. Uh, we've got you, Michael, David over there doing great work. So thank you for joining us for yeah. this quarter. Thank you for Barbara, thank me. you for joining us from the Cobb Community Foundation. Is that just CobbCommunityFoundation.com? Is that? It's actually CobbFoundation.org. CobbFoundation.org. Yes. And there's so much information there. That assessment study that I mentioned, like the heat maps are there, the full study, um, more information on donor advised funds and all the other giving opportunities that we have. All right. So CobbFoundation.org, SudiCPA.com. Those are my two plugs for uh, for today. So thanks, guys. Enjoyed the conversation. Enjoyed thanks. it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Wiser Roundtable podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss out on new episodes. Head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out if you have any questions. We would love to hear from you. Today's episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.